You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a special Draft Eve episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Klein. As always, you can find him on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. You can find myself, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo. And, of course, you can go heckle our co-host, who's not here, as he's got other responsibilities coaching some high school football, uh, Hunter Evans, at CoachH underscore Evans. You can also give him a hard time for being a Bama fan. We'll see if maybe... um, Maybe the Jaguars take a Bama player this year? Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. It wouldn't be bad. A lot of them are going to get drafted. So uh, we'll see about that. But we've got a packed episode. We're going to get into all sorts of fun stuff. Talk about the uniforms a little bit and any other reactions we might have had from the state of the franchise. And then we're going to get hot and heavy into the draft. Uh, We've got top five positions of need heading into the draft. We're going to look at draft philosophy what we think is the best philosophy in general and perhaps for the jaguars this year should the jaguars consider doing any draft day trading uh we'll look at our wish lists for the first four rounds and look at a few players after that as well that we might like and we will wrap up with a seven round mock scott and i will alternate draft picks so Scott gets first round, I get second round, he gets third round, etc. All punters on my end. That's what we're doing. <laughs> All punters. Brad Norman, you're <laughs> out of here, buddy. No hard feelings, but you cost a little bit too much, and you did cost us a game against the Rams last year. Why have one punter that cost $2 million when you could have five punters that cost $2 million? <laughs> well, fortunately, if you do select four punters in the draft, not all of them will cost $2 million. <laughs> no, I'm in total. Oh, they total, yes. Yes, you're right. You are right about that. All right. So, yeah, let's just drop about five mil on the punting position this year. No big deal. Um, but, yeah, a lot to get into. This episode, as is every episode, brought to you by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And look for their all-new cans of 1901 Red Ale and Vernon, Vernon's Pills at uh, stores near you in Jacksonville. They're all over the place now. So that's exciting stuff. They've got us uh, set up with a few few new beers here today. We've got the Mind Control Saison, which is a brand new one they have brewing at their downtown location. I'm sipping on that right now. We've also got Killer Whale, one of their mainstays, and we've got a special pop-top beer for a little bit later in the episode that we'll share with you guys as well. Again, find them at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. 
And of course, make sure to go visit them at their downtown location on East Bay Street or at their original tap room on Roselle and Riverside. Um, Jen Jag merchandise notes. We've got a few pre-orders left available of the Duval Trucker Snapback, which should be coming out later this week. Uh, most of them have been sold already via the pre-order, but you can still go check that out. Check out all our other merch at jenjag.com. And every hat order comes with a Duval sticker now. So it's exciting. Nice. Gotta love the stickers. So, before we get hot and heavy into the draft, new uniforms, reactions. Let's get your take, Scott. Yeah, at first, when they leaked the night before... I was the Jaguars little... confirmed, it was not the, the airport's fault. It was, it was the Jaguars' yeah. miscommunication with the sign company. Which, so, it's good not throwing your... your Affiliates under the bus. Sponsors. Sponsors, I mean, yeah. actually, yeah. So. Um, at first, I was a bit lukewarm on them. We, I know Hunter was complaining about them. <laughs> Said they looked like practice jerseys, which at first I understood. But when they actually did the official unveiling, you know, you look at them, you actually get to see them instead of a, a picture. I still want to see them in person. Yeah. Yeah. And really I'm interested do. to see what they're going to do with the um, the actual ones that they say they sell. Yeah, um, it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see what they do with those, but I like the simple. It's sleek. Sometimes you get too fancy for your own good, like they kind of did this last time. I still like those jerseys. I did too. Um, a lot of people did not like the helmets. I didn't mind them at all. Um, I'm happy about the helmets. The hel- the all black helmets are nice. Yes, that is what the Jaguars need to rock for the rest yeah. of their existence. Is all black helmets. And that's sure. and and this is something that's Duval, that's Jacksonville for sure. To me, do you want to be the team that's changing jerseys every five years? No. Or you, this is this right here. This style is something that could be timeless. Right, and that's the goal. I think yeah. that's what Tom Coughlin wanted, and you know the rest of the Jaguars organization. Clearly, the uniforms that they were wearing were not going to be a permanent uniform yeah. <laughs> they were just a little bit too busy we'll say they were busy but i just think that they fit into a mold of what what teams are doing right now mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily what's going to be done kind of falling into the fad of right current jerseys yeah so i i do think it's good that they simplified i think they might have oversimplified yeah and i think that's something that they might make minor tweaks on in the future i think on the teal very minor tweaks though yeah on the teal jerseys to make them absolutely perfect well number one to me just have a tiny just lining around the numbers of whether it's gold or black or anything just to make it look that much cleaner instead of just having these big white block letters. Right. And now they're not the only team that just has white block letters or block letters in general that Mm -hmm. don't have an outline. Like the Steelers don't. I don't believe the Packers do. I don't think the Giants do. There's a lot of teams that don't have the outline. I just think it's... It works better with those because they have such dark contrasting colors as their jerseys the dark green right or the teal black. to white is a little bit it's a yeah okay. it's, and so it just having something to delineate between the two light colors so it's it's not it just it's not as drastic as the steelers or packers so just having that little extra punch to really delineate between the two colors would add it up a notch and the second thing for me would be the pants they're 
completely blank. Right. There's nothing on. Nothing. Not one thing on them. It's you got an NFL strange. logo, but that's it. Yeah. I think maybe some sort of line or stripe or something. It doesn't somewhere. have to be thick. Just like yeah. maybe a little pinstripe. I don't know. Have like logos on the hips or something. Yeah, but overall, I'm I'm pleased. I the one biggest complaint I have is the white jerseys don't have any teal except for the Nike check. Yeah. It's just white and black. I I'd like like a teal accent on the sleeve mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Uh yeah. It does but I for me my favorite jersey uh, for for te- like my other favorite team Texas they're all white jerseys. I, they're my absolute favorite. But aren't they white with them. orange? They are. They do have white and orange on so there. So like but I just I love I love the all white look and I love the way they did it. They you're I think you're right. There does need to be a little bit of teal just somewhere. Yeah. But I love the all white look and especially with the white and black pants. It looks so it's so simple. It's so nice. Um, I, I don't think they did too much. I think they did just. They definitely mm. didn't do too much. No, no. They, they 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 could have done a, t- a tiny like little tiny hair more. But I, I, I like them a lot, and they've grown on me ever since I saw them. And I'm really interested to see what the, the actual sale items are going to look like. Yeah, like what, what fans can pick up at the store. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I will certainly be grabbing a Jalen or yep. <laughs> Unique, one of those two. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. Besides that, I mean, you've got... From State of the Franchise, you've got some fantastic renderings of what downtown could look like eventually. Of course, we've seen that before, and Mm. this is a tough thing to do. There's a lot that goes into putting in all this new construction, especially getting rid of the uh, overpass coming off the Hart Bridge. They made a big point of that. They want to do that, but it's hard to do. There's a lot that's going into all this, but it looks fantastic. Yeah, I just think that you need to have and some. I think Lot J is going to be the most immediate thing. They said, yeah, they said that yeah. was the first thing that was would probably happen. Which and is that cool. has like hotels, like yeah. all sorts of stuff. You don't really realize how big Lot J is. Yeah, so it's just it's there needs to be some sort of downtown. There's a lot of great little hidden gems down there, but for the majority of people, they don't even trek down there unless it's for a game. Well, there's that, and I mean, at this point, in terms of immediately around the stadium, all you've got is Intuition, Jack Sports Tavern, and Daly's Place. And Daly's Place is not obviously not like an every night Mm. place to go. Uh, So adding some more would definitely do a lot. Yeah, and then give people a reason to hang out down there and make it a destination instead of just, oh, you know, eight Sundays, well, seven Sundays a year. Well, actually, it was eight this year because of the playoffs. Well, yeah, <laughs> but just and that's not including uh, preseason, preseason and all obviously. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. but it's got to there, there has to be more reason, and they, the big thing for that is be hotels, condos, get people living down there, have a constant pre- presence to bring draw people in, have things to do, have sights to see, um, just make it an experience instead of just oh look, there's a stadium in the middle of the city, right. Yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully, Lot J happens sooner rather than later. There Obviously, was, parking will be. There was not a lot of parking that I saw. Yeah, <laughs> they parking a lot will of be parking. a little 
sketchy maybe. Yeah. And <laughs> but, I think a lot of that will be they'll they'll imp- they'll promote um coming down to like maybe going to the landing and getting a shuttle over or walking a, a ton because there was one plan for a parking garage. I think they had like they said like 3000 which is just, car garage which is not a I don't ton. know how many spots lot J has in it. But yeah. it seems like more than that. I mean obviously you still have all the stuff to the from the, to the east of the stadium, um, all the like the the, the um, tailgaters parking and all that, but yeah, I think they want more of just like come down here, you know, experience downtown instead of just driving in, driving out. Yeah, no, you're right about that, and uh, that that's really exciting. Yeah. Anything else from the state of the franchise that really stood out to you? Um, they went into a ton of information talking about how you know. Pricing needs to go up, and they've been dying to try and get it to go up. Yeah. The price is going to go up for season tickets. And it has already this year a little bit. The, it has. It needs to keep rising. It does. Yeah. And and winning, they said it was a big part of that. They're, they're, even with the price increases, they're still 26th in the league. Um, we are, I think, the smallest market in the NFL. Yeah, besides Green Bay, which they don't yeah. count. Yeah. I mean, because they have just the most loyal <laughs> yeah. They're owned by the fans. Yeah. So. So it's it's pretty shocking to see stuff like that, but pretty kind of cool because it's just a, it makes it feel like more of a tight knit family. Yeah, where we're just this small, we're almost David versus Goliath in yeah. the NFL. We're about to be. <laughs> I mean, that's in terms of what our franchise is, but the, we're, we're the a team bit more, on the field. We is act more, more like Goliath than David on the field. No doubt about it. And uh, they've got some players out there when you're talking about size that look like Goliath, Goliath yeah. Campbell. Malik Jackson, some of those guys out there are just monsters. Cam Robinson, Jeremy Parnell. But pretty exciting stuff there. They obviously went into a lot of detail about uh, local revenue, ticket pricing, all of these things. We don't need to get super into... Dog park! Yes! Yeah! There's going to be a dog park inside the stadium. Um there's going to be more details released on that. It wasn't they didn't give a ton of information out about that, but apparently some fans who don't want to leave their dogs at home will be able to bring their dogs to the stadium. There's going to be like eight thousand dogs in there. It's going no, to be I'm packs. assuming it's going to be extremely limited <laughs> yeah. seating for that, or ex- extremely limited capacity for how many dogs they're going to allow in. But they're just it's another thing. Yeah, there's now the they're reimagining the north end zone for much more of a military yes, vibe. Yes, they are. That's, be, I'm, I'm that's, that's, that's had some do. mixed reviews. Yeah. I personally have mixed feelings about it myself. Like yeah. you love seeing the Jaguars support the military, which they already did to an extreme extent. Mm-hmm. Every game they have military families come out on the field, they have somebody from the military ringing the bell. Um, but it'll be interesting. Working with grunt style. Yeah, I that, this is the first time I've heard of them. Yeah, um, we'll see. I, I'm interested to see what exactly they're going to do. They talked about you know moving the fourth quarter bell or whatever up there, having more, much more of. I mean, I personally a, enjoyed the North End Zone a lot over the last yeah, couple of years. It was definitely a fun place to yeah, go. Yeah, DJs out. going on. It, it didn't have a military feel. It had a Florida feel. Like, yeah. You're chilling, you're vibing, having a good time, but we'll see how it all turns out. And and they talked about how crazy our not cra- crazy is a bad word for it. I meant how much larger our veteran presence is compared to other city- cities that have an NFL team. 
and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it, they're they're obviously catering to a big part of the city. It makes sense, yeah, from a business standpoint. Like, if you're gonna, it makes sense for them to focus on trying to make the military people happy. Yeah, because if you piss does. if you piss them off, that's a big lot of people in Jacksonville. It's a big portion of the population, not yeah. even just the people there in the military, but their families, yeah. etc. I'm all for the supporting the military. I, it's hard to talk bad about that, but I think they could have done something different with the North End Zone. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be really cool. Yeah. You never know. Um, that's enough State of the Franchise talk. It's time to talk about the draft. It is tomorrow night. We are Ooh. Draft Day Eve Special Edition. Gin Jag podcast right here. So to start off with our draft talk, let's just talk about the Jaguars' top needs heading into the draft. What is your top need? I think... I don't know many people whose top need is different. After that, I think it kind of... People can disagree on what yeah. it is. But I think for most people, the top need is pretty much the same. But maybe yours is different than mine. Yeah. A, a while... My, my feelings have been cha- about this draft have been changing so much. Just like they do every year. Well, um, and this is... I don't even want this to be representative of like oh, what yeah, we're thinking yeah. about this draft but just on the current roster what is the top need the biggest i'm going to go at this and say what's what's the biggest upgrade you can make by replacing a player yeah and i think there's a handful of people that are glaring on this team okay um to me it's a toss up with I'm going to say it's either offensive line or wide receiver for me. The wide receiver room, I think. There's a lot stacked. of potential there. There is. It's but that's not, all it is. There's not, not much proven. It, it's not necessarily better than last year. Well, okay. It is. It is better than last year because Allen Robinson was out for the entire season. Right. Well, but, I guess that's... Is, do you think Dante Moncrief in 2018 is better than Allen Hearns in 2017? You hope I would the answer hope, is absolutely yes, because yes. <laughs> that would mean he's healthy, right? So I would say I would have the slight lean towards wide receiver to me, just because that's who I am. But I've been hearing a lot that offensive line is kind of what should be the focus on here. <laughs> I mean, my put my my the worst starter on the team for me right now. That's a one hundred percent starter. Is right guard, yeah. AJ Cam. Yeah, exactly. I think most people agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see wide receiver, but like when you tell me Dante Moncrief and Marquise Lee, and then Keelan Cole and Didi Westbrook, I don't hate that. There's yeah. a lot of potential there. I think Marquise Lee hasn't had his best season as a pro yet. Dante Moncrief, I don't think has had his best season as a pro yet. And Keelan Cole and Didi Westbrook were rookies last year that yeah. really should not have played as much as they did. There's a lot I'm of I'm glad they did hmm. because they got experience. But I think both of those guys have potential to be not maybe not number ones, but really yeah. good twos or threes. And and this team, I don't think, is going to be leaning on their wide receivers. They're certainly not building like they're trying to throw the ball more. Right. So I to like I said, it's much more of a personal thing where I would feel so much more comfortable. With a, just getting a stud receiver. Yeah, just getting that number one kind of guy. I, 
I, I put it's much more impact, impact on that than I mean, a lot of it is a passing league. The Jaguars obviously have gone against the grain in terms of their philosophy on building their mm-hmm. offensive roster, but yeah, wide receiver I can definitely see as a need. Um, I'll go and we're I guess we're kind of doing alternating top needs, just like we're doing alternating draft picks in the mock draft here. This is probably not a common top I need think here. I think I'm going against the grain, just oh, yeah. as the Jaguars do. Running back. I think TJ Yeldon is a fantastic third back. Fantastic. Uh, and, you know, he can catch the ball well out of the backfield. He can pick up blitzes. Um, he can even be a serviceable just every down back. Serviceable, but not really impressive. Uh, he did have a fantastic game against the Colts last year, but that was the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst run defenses in football. I think if the Jaguars were able to get a running back that can that has the ability to be a starting type running back but just be Leonard Fournette's backup and really spell him, not have to have Leonard Fournette touching the ball 25 times a game, I think it could be huge for this offense. You know, I think I heard somebody talking about that, a, a very similar topic the other day. I think his name was Dave Caldwell, saying mm-hmm. he would like to have someone who can do a lot of things Leonard can do. Yeah, Maybe not as well. Because maybe he, as well, and he talked about yeah, right. just like he he loves T.J. Yeldon as a third down back, and you look at Corey Grant, and what he did against uh, against the Patriots in the first half, right? Um, but, Before the Jaguars <laughs> took him out of the game, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's there's a hole there. I mean, Chris, I, Leonard Fournette can't get all the carries. Yeah, you'd like him to. Chris Ivory's gone. No wear down. TJ Yeldon really isn't that compliment that they're looking yeah. for. He is a good complimentary piece, but I don't think he's that number two guy that you they don't want. you don't want to need to rely on him getting twelve to fifteen carries a game. And my assessment here is keep Leonard Fournette fresh. Yeah. And you know, if Leonard Fournette does happen to get injured, you still have a dominant runner. Yeah, you're not down to your third down back and You're not down to TJ Yeldon. Yeah. So uh, all right, number three position of need. What is it for you, Scott? Um, I think we might agree on this. Okay, it's gonna be corner, specifically right. nickel corner. Yes. Um, there's a huge Aaron Colvin sized hole in the nickel corner spot, and they right did now. address it in free agency with DJ yeah. DJ Hayden. Well, let's. I'm. That's the one signing I'm most lukewarm about. I think it is a lukewarm signing. I agree. Like, it's not like this guy... He's not Aaron Colvin. Yeah. He has he's a lot of not, potential. I mean, he's a first, he was a first-round pick, very highly thought of. Right. And um, he's struggled a lot on the outside in his yeah. career, but he's played well at nickel in his career. It, it helps to have Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye right. on the Right. That should make him look a lot better. Yeah. And you never know how much better that's made Colvin look, even though Boye wasn't there until last year and... Ramsey wasn't there until the year before. Mm-hmm. And Colvin looked pretty good before those guys were there. Yeah, you got to give him some credit there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think if you are able to get a guy that you think could be an Aaron Colvin type player, that would make your defense that much better. And I don't think DJ Hayden is that. I don't think DJ Hayden's going to be bad though. Yeah, I think if he is your starting nickel corner, he has to play seventy percent of the snaps. 
I think that your defense is still, you know, yeah. it could be better than it was last year in mm. terms of consistency. In terms of explosive plays, I don't think yeah. it could be better. <laughs> it's but, hard to be what's better. But in terms of consistency, I think your defense could still be very consistent with mm. DJ Hayden. However, could it be better with a more explosive player, a guy that's more dynamic, that can do more things on the field? Yes. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Having nickel at three. Uh, I'll go ahead and go for number four here, and we're going to go down to five. I think tight end is still a position of need because the Jaguars do not have their Mercedes Lewis anymore. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's clearly a pass-catching tight end. They have Niles Paul, who I really think more highly of him than a lot of people do, but I think that the Jaguars are thinking of him as Aurelius Spins replacement, mm-hmm. even though Aurelius Spin was wide receiver and Niles Paul's a tight end. Niles Paul's going to do the Aurelius Spin thing on special teams and probably come in as a blocker at times. And but I think he's a guy that can catch the ball. Like, and in, in uh, Washington, he just was unfortunate. You know, he got replaced by Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, two of the most athletic tight ends <laughs> yeah. in NFL history. Like, what are you supposed to do there? And he's also had some injury stuff. But I still think tight ends a position of need in terms of getting a guy that can either be really balanced or a dominant blocker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. You went out and addressed it with two tight ends in free agency this year. Um, nobody really is that all-around prototype tight end. There's a lot of guys who do one thing really well, but not necessarily. I mean, your biggest, your best balanced tight end right now might be Ben Koyak, maybe? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's you'd certainly like a guy who, no matter what down it is, you're okay with him being out there. So, yeah, I can absolutely see them going tight end. And a lot of them, a lot of people have been projecting potentially in the first round. Right. And some people are thinking guys that aren't necessarily um, balanced. Yeah. Which, in my mind, when I'm saying tight end, I'm thinking either... I'm not leaning towards a move tight end. I'm leaning towards someone who's either balanced or heavy towards blocking. But that's just me. You don't... You lost your best blocking... Non-offensive lineman in Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Somebody's got to fill those shoes. Um, so for our number five position of need, I think it's clear where you're going to go, but I don't know where you're going to go. So just tell me. A lot of people might be a little bit confused by this, and I'll, I'll explain it. Okay. I'm going to go interior defensive line. Okay. I did not think you were going to go there. Because... Look, all you have to do is look at the numbers across the entire defensive line. The combination of Clayus Campbell, uh, Malik Jackson, uh, Marcel Darius, the pending contracts of Unique Ngakwe and Dante Fowler. Which Dante Fowler, by the way, they have to make their decision on his fifth year option by May 2nd, Mm -hmm. which is... I think a week from today, perhaps. I believe it's Wednesday. Which today is Wednesday. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. there is so much money. It's unsustainable. It is unsustainable, absolutely. But they do have Avery Jones, who's a they guy do. that's sustainable. Dwayne Smoot could potentially be mm-hmm. the guy to replace Calais Campbell. So, there's they're not absolutely bereft of options at 
in there, but yeah, it's it not, seems like it's something that if it's not addressed soon, it will need, or if it's not addressed yeah. this year, it will be need to address soon. That's why I would like to get a jump start on it because you, the GM, Dave Caldwell and, and Tom Coughlin, they're not tunnel vision on this year. They're they're going all in. Yeah, they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year, but not at the expense exactly. of the following season. Exactly. So you know they're looking at the defensive because I can go on uh, overthecap.com. And look at myself. And I'm a nobody. <laughs> to Dom yeah. Coughlin. I, you know there's... Idzik is just pulling his hair out every night trying to figure out, hey, how can I make all this work? I just think get a jump start on it. Get a guy you know you can get in the building, have him learn from the very guys who you're hoping he has to replace. And right. if and you end up you losing... You do have to give... I, I think Calais Campbell, like, mm-hmm. if, if he... If the Jaguars drafted a guy like they did last year, Dwayne Smoot, Dwan Smoot, Clay's Campbell's going to give that guy everything he's got yeah. in terms of being a good mentor mm-hmm. and leader and all that stuff. So okay. they do have the good guys in place to mentor some of these younger guys that could come in. If you can have, if you can have a guy come in, sit maybe a year, maybe you might be able to work it to where you can keep all the guys around for for a following year in two thousand twenty. Or 2019, you have a third-year player who potentially would be heading into his prime following the guys who are all pros at their position to replace them and just step in, and you're losing one of the best players on your defense, and you're hopefully filling him with the future of your defense. Absolutely. Okay, maybe behind Jalen Ramsey, but... Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, a couple guys I just think... A.J. Boye is still... Pretty much a young buck. He's only yeah. 26, 27 now. So. And, and linebacker is pretty close to there. I mean... Yeah, that's where I thought you were going to yeah, go. Yeah, that's it. To, to me... But, you know, your linebacker you're drafting, if this guy ends up becoming a starter, is only playing ex- 25 to 30% ex- of the snaps. Exactly. So I just, I just think there's so much more of an impact salary-wise and loss of value as far as losing. There's three players... There's really four players starting on the defensive line who can make the Pro Bowl the same year. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, Dante Fowler is your – he's not even a starter, technically. He's basically your, your, your quote-unquote sixth man and in he, the NBA, but really the fifth man. And he got <laughs> ten sacks yeah. last year, including the playoffs. Yeah. He sacked Tom Brady twice in the AFC Championship. He kicked the he kicked the ball out of a dude's hand last year. He did a lot. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, he did a lot. Uh, so yeah, you gotta love that D line. Obviously, it's not sustainable for more than a couple more years. Um, you're look. I think Darius has got to be his last year. I would think so, but unless they restructure and get that number down a little bit. Do some idzig magic, which they could do. You yeah. never know. Um, Man, all right. Time is flying here. We're 30 minutes in. Holy Real man. quickly. Need or best player available this year? Or a combination of both? I think the easy answer is a combination of both. But how? even if you are doing a combination of both, what are you leaning towards this year for this Jaguars team to win the Super Bowl? Or, or, or are you more worried about not just winning the Super Bowl this year, but more sustainable long term? I just think best player available is always a fun term to throw around 
because yeah, you, you everyone have, wants to say yeah. their best player available. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you they have a board, and they have a valuation for each player. This guy's we think is going to go middle of first, late first, around there. If he starts falling, that's going to send up flags on draft day. Hey, we should get this guy, regardless of position. Right, Miles Jack. It's Cam it, Robinson. The situational. It's so situational that I don't think they're not they're not thinking about this at all. They've already got their board. They're done today. They've locked it up. It's set. They're going to let the board dictate who they're going to pick. They have guys in mind who set who if they stay at twenty if they stay at twenty nine, that if player A, B, C, D are here, we're going to pick player A. If there's opportunity to move up because a guy is falling, regardless of position that they're absolutely yeah. in love with, they'll jump up and get him. Yeah. Regardless of position. I don't think you can lock yourself down into saying, oh, we can only draft these certain players because we need to fill these holes. Or we need to draft this guy because I know we have Tom Brady, but he's the best player and he should have gone fourth overall and he's sitting there at 20. Yeah. So it's it's I think both sides are kind of they're just buzzwords to me. It's always a combination. It just I think you pick the best players regardless of position, but you know your team. You're not going to pick a quarterback. You're not going to trade up or pick a quarterback in the first round if you have a guy who's 26 and is on his third Pro Bowl or something. You know right. what I mean? Yes, absolutely. There's blat- there's blatantly obvious stuff. For me, it's like a this this chart where it's like a balance. Yes. Of one one side of the chart is your needs and the other side of the chart is the best player. And it's like where does this fall? And uh there, yeah, then you have literally a line of picks on one side and if they match up coincidentally like it's the guy. Yeah, exactly. That's so that's how I think about it. And uh, I think that's how you have to think about it a little bit, even if you don't quantitatively put it that way. But um, yeah, I think it's got to be a just a steady combo of what makes the most sense for your team that year. I don't think you can just be like, we are going to take the best player on our board no matter what. When you have, say... Let's say, like, I mean, the Jaguars are stacked on D-line. Are they going to take a D-lineman in the first round? Probably not. Let's, okay. If Even s- if, like, maybe Maurice Hurst is one of the best players on their board from Michigan. I'll, and he falls to 29. Are they going to take him? I don't think so. If Saquon Barkley <laughs> falls to 29, he won't. Absolutely will not. It's not going to happen unless take, he breaks his leg. I would leg. take him in a heartbeat, though. Okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I would. I totally would. Because that is a guy that can still impact the game. Yeah. Maurice Hurst at defensive line okay. cannot impact the game, really. True, yeah. Or, like, let's say quarterback. You just signed Blake Bortles. And and we this might be something we're talking about after the draft. Like, okay, what do we do? Because they very well might go quarterback. But you just signed Blake Bortles to a contract. You're going to have to say, it's not a position of need this year. Well, maybe it is. Yeah. But. For some people. Yeah. Certainly. Some people, like, if they see it as... This dude is just, we think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You go get him. Yeah. And that sometimes you ignore your best play, or your, your position of need, and you just go, this guy is just the best football player. This guy will make our team better. So it's just, you could, there can be 
if you have a list of best player available and then best player for your needs, by the time from the time the, the draft starts and the time you pick, that list might change fifteen times. Absolutely. Just because of the way the draft plays out. Absolutely. So I mean it's just it's it's such a fluid thing where you don't just say, Oh, we're gonna go best available tonight no matter what. Right. You, I'm with you. It's just it's it's fluid. You gotta be more you have to be more flexible than that. Just pick good football players. That's all we're trying to say. I'm talking a lot. I'm saying a lot of big, dumb words. Just pick good football players, and you might do good. I think <laughs> that's that it. I could have just said all that, and, and it would have wrapped now, it up. should the Jaguars consider trading up early in this draft? They're, yeah. If Okay. There's a couple guys. If Quentin Nelson starts falling, and he's in the early teens... I think there's another uh, offensive lineman from Notre Dame, too, that you could consider. McGlinchey? Mike McGlinchey? Yeah. Um, I I just think Quentin Nelson is just out of this world. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think there's any way he gets out of the top eight. But there have been crazier things happen. If there's a run of quarterbacks, if there's a run on defensive ends, if there's... I mean, he's a guard. I mean, if there's a run on defensive ends, I think you're talking about... Obviously, Bradley Chubb going mm-hmm. extremely high, which no one would be surprised about. Maybe Harold Landry. Then Harold Landry going really high. Maybe Marcus Davenport going really high. Like Things can happen on draft yeah. time that, that nobody saw happening, and somebody is going to have to commit a top, potentially top 10 pick on a guard. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it's going to be crazy to see. I, I think to answer the question... The answer is yes. Yeah. If the Jaguars see a player that they feel can come in and be a dominant player in the first or second round or even later than that, they should absolutely trade up. And not only just because they have the opportunity to get a great player, but because if they feel they have an opportunity to get a great player at a position that they need a great player at, what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. You don't have holes on this team. And they saw they there are no holes on this yeah. team. Even if AJ Cannon is starting at right guard and DJ Hayden is starting at cornerback and Blair Brown is starting at strong side linebacker, you're probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> Every single team and has... Austin Severian Jenkins is starting at tight end. Yeah. You're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. And Dante Moncrief and Marquise Lee are starting at wide receiver. You're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. So like you don't have to just say like, oh, we have to hold on to these later round picks. You can go move up. And they did sign a lot of people this offseason. Yeah. So there might not necessarily be the opportunity for seven rookies. Oh, I absolutely to make do the not team. think that. They're, I don't think all the players. Not it. I if mean, they keep all of these draft picks, I do not think every player will make the team. If every player, It'd be crazy make, if every player makes the team, it might be one of the best drafts in Jaguar history. <laughs> right. Regardless of who right. is picked. Because that's just. That's just how crazy that would be. Right. Now, we are quickly just moving along here. Let's get into our Pop Top segment. Oh boy. I just had to stop Scott from pouring some more killer whale over here. Now, we've got a brand new beer from Bold City Brewery from their downtown location. That's the only spot you can get it. The Rhino Rye. Now, this should be an aggressive beer, shouldn't it? I mean, if you're a rhino... Pop Top. If you're a rhino... You gotta be aggressive, right? Oh, yeah. It's kind of hot in these rhinos. <laughs> to, quote, to quote the Ace, Ace Ventura. Let's Beautiful. hope it's not hot. Beautiful. 
That's one of my favorite scenes from the uh, I know. Ace Ventura. It's so good. A lot of people aren't big Jim Carrey fans. I don't love all of his stuff, but yeah, some of that Ace Ventura <laughs> stuff is hilarious. We watched it with my daughter, and I was just like, yes, it's a naked man crawling out of a rhinoceros's butt. But just yes, move past that <laughs> and just look at the humor. For reference, his daughter is five? Going on six, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. She's seen, she's a lot old. She watches, she's, she loves Jurassic Park. Kids she loves all this see all sorts of crap that we never saw. We watched Jaws the other night because she <laughs> wanted to see the shark movie. My goodness. Speaking of shark movies, there's two coming out. They're redoing the one that had Samuel L. Jackson in it back in the day. Deep Blue Sea? Yeah, I'm pretty ah. sure. And then they're also doing one called The Meg. The Meg? Megalodon. What? Oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> There's two shark movies coming out here soon. Speaking um, of sharks, this beer has a bite. I like it. That was great okay. stuff. In, in all seriousness, the flavor on this is Fantastic! It's very, it's a cloudy beer. It's a very yeah. interesting color. Dude, the Rhino Rye. I'm my God. I could drink this all night. This might be one of the favorite ones that I've had. I might drink this all since night. we've been doing the podcast. We might just be hyped up on uh, draft day eve. It's like Christmas Eve <laughs> for us. But we're loving the Rhino Rye from fan- Bold City Brewery. Fantastic! Check them out at boldcitybrewery.com. Wow. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. You can check them out at their location downtown on East Bay Street, right next to Calford Chop House, or in their original tap room on Roselle in Riverside. Now, since it's draft day eve, for the NFL fan, it's basically Christmas Eve. Can't believe it's here, first of all. I know. Second of all, we have a wish list, a Christmas wish list, draft day eve wish list. <laughs> Um, since Scott got to start with the, uh, with the, um, needs and he's going to get to start with the mock draft, I will start with my first round wish list. Number one, Will Hernandez. I think he's can't miss. I think he makes your running game just so dominant and so nasty. He's, uh, he's not super tall. He's actually short for the. For the offensive line. He doesn't have long arms. But he is strong. He is mean. Athletic. He has good feet. Uh, and he's gritty. Really gritty. I think, <laughs> I think he's a Tom Coughlin type guy. Um, he's the kind of guy that shows up with a, with a lunch pail and a hard hat. And he's ready to work. He dominated his whole time at UTEP. He dominated the senior bowl. He did well at the combine. I think he put up like 37 bench press reps or something like that. Um He's a dominant, can't-miss type guy, and when you look at him, he just looks like he's straight out of the 80s or 90s. I love in terms him. of like He has those huge shoulder pads, yeah. the neck roll thing. It's <laughs> love just it. great. So he's my guy. He's my absolute first-round wish list, number one. That's my guy. Who's your... Yeah. Who do you got? I mean, we'll do three people for each of the first four rounds and then talk about um, some more players after that, a couple more players. I'm going to see you, your UTEP. University of Texas El Paso offensive guard and raise you a University of Texas offensive lineman, which might be a guard. And of course, we don't know if these guys are going to be there. They might be there. They might not be. At 29, you just do not know what will be there. And of course, the Jaguars can trade up for either of these guys if they love them or any of these players for that matter. So for me, Connor Williams, 
is a guy who, if Will Hernandez isn't there, you're absolutely not crying. And going Williams home could be taken before Hernandez. Yeah, we don't know. That's yeah. It's it's he's played tackle, tackle yep. for, at at uh, dominated at tackle at Texas, projected to maybe slide inside with the capability of playing tackle. Um, I think he's just he's man. I can't t- I can't say enough good things about this guy. Just watching him play for the last couple of years, seeing him perform when everyone else on the offensive line is just stumbling over themselves, and making it go from when he's in the game a good to great offensive line to just in shambles when he's gone. I love the guy. I would be over the moon and I would buy a jersey <laughs> if we if we picked him. Yeah, I'd be stoked to have him too. No doubt about yeah. it. And I just love that my number one need for the Jaguars is where there's so much talent in the first yeah. round. Oh yeah. That's great. And that's where I'm gonna go right now. Uh, for with number three here. Billy Price. He's center. He can also play guard. Ohio State. He's coming off a pectoral injury, which otherwise he might be considered a little bit maybe higher or like, you know, ten to fifteen in terms of the draft. But uh just a dominant player. I think he really fits what the Jaguars want to do in terms of being a physically dominant offensive line. Um I just think he comes in and he plays next to Brandon Linder, uh, either center or guard. Either of them can play either position, and you just dominate. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would... He's supposed to be ready for training camp. Good. So that's, that's, that's the, the biggest thing. That came out today after his surgery. Awesome. He's supposed to be ready for training camp. Again, he's strong, athletic, <clears throat> perfect fit for this team at center or guard. He can pull, but he's also very good at gap schemes, which the Jaguars love to run. I just think you get one of these three players, Will Hernandez, Connor Williams, or Billy Price, has to be there. And I think either one, any of them would be a great addition to the team. It's crazy to think, like, you go from picking top ten for I don't know how many straight years, and then when when the season was over, I'm like, man, now we're picking 29th. Yeah. Who's going to be there? Who's going to be left? We're not going to get... Man, my eyes, my eyes have been opened. There's a lot of good football players still to be had. Yeah, I think this is a solid draft in terms of just good football players at a lot of positions for the first few rounds at least. Now, um, honorable mention, Cortland Sutton. He was going to be my next guy. I love the dude. He's, He's the wide receiver I would take. That really brings something to the table that nobody else on the roster has. 6'3", 220, 4'5", speed, elite, in terms of all the receivers at this draft, elite three-cone drill, elite shuttles, which shows his quickness, which is what you want. I mean, you're seeing quickness from a guy that's 6'3", 220 pounds. That's just fantastic. Uh, Fantastic coaching. Uh, Hunter Evans, our other co-host who isn't here today, raves about the SMU coaching staff and wide receiver. Um, This is a guy who wants to emulate Terrell Owens, not off the field, but in terms of (laughs) his on-the-field production. And uh, even before he came out with that statement, I had compared him to Terrell Owens. I think he's got that type of potential. So if the Jaguars are going to draft wide receiver in the first round, that's both of our guys, correct? Absolutely. And of course, he might not be there, but a couple other guys, Isaiah Wynn, He'd probably slide into guard for the Jaguars. He played tackle in college at Georgia. 
He could be one of the best players in the draft. Hayden Hurst, local kid, 25 years old. Some people are making jokes about him already having his AARP card. <laughs> but and in terms of a, an NFL draft pick, he absolutely is up there in age. But he's a guy that could be that balanced type tight end that can really catch the ball well over the middle. And he did dominate the route tree at uh, at the combine, and he looked a lot better than a lot of wide receivers doing all that. But he's a guy that Jaguars can consider, and just wild card. If Darius Geis falls into the twenties, mid twenties, add Darius Geis to another backfield with Leonard Fournette. They play together at LSU. You have the most dangerous one-two combo at running back in football, mm-hmm. and. Both guys run really hard, so, you know, there's injury issues. Yeah. One guy goes down, the other guy steps up, vice versa. I just think it really would work. I think they would be the, the, the absolute perfect thunder and lightning. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette brings the power. He's got the insane straightaway speed. Darius Geis, he's a physical guy, but he's shifty and can, is very elusive. God, that would be crazy. It'd be nasty. It would be a bit unheard of to have back-to-back first-round running backs, but I don't think it would be a bad move. Yeah, you never. The Jaguars want to pound teams in submission. You literally do do not not want to rely on Blake Bortles. If your bell cow back Leonard Fournette comes out, you do not skip a beat. No, with with Darius guys. And if either one goes down with an injury, you're okay because you still have the other one and Yeldon. And Corey Grant. Yeah. Sold. I'm it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but yeah. like, does that not work for your offense next year? I think it does. Oh, yeah. Um, second round wish list. We'll have you start out here. What are you thinking? Um, and again, the Jaguars have the 61st overall pick in the draft, which is their pick in the second round. I think, well, you go. Utah. Yeah, there's. It's been really weird. I, in, especially I know Hunter considers Mike Gusecki as a first round pick. I've seen guys. He's been all over the place from like, second round, third round, exactly. Because he's a little raw. Yeah, if I wouldn't have a problem picking him in the first round. Um, I think he's just un- athletically unbelievable. Um, if he in fact is in there a second at the second round, my goodness. Stop my beating heart. <laughs> like, if, 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 if there's an actual possibility of him being there, you sprint to the podium, and you might even trade up for a guy like that if he's sitting there in the middle of the second. Um, I know he's a freak athlete, but my thing is, is he going to be better next year than Austin Safarian Jenkins? He doesn't have know. to be. Safarian Jenkins could just be the, the, the gap to really get him... Maybe get his legs under him, get some coaching, not get all the technique, just get the basics and build up from there. Okay. He doesn't need to be the guy, especially coming in the second round. I just, in our second round pick, I see some yeah. potential for yeah. impact players this year that help the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. He this could year. make an impact. I agree. He would <laughs> make an impact. He would. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think he would be the starter. True. True. He would have to be brought in. I think it would be him. He could. He could win the job. He would have to win the job. And I think Austin Zavarian Jenkins ain't trying to give that up. 
Very true. That's a competitive guy that just caught 50 <laughs> passes last year. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys I really like here. Uh, I'm going to say if the Jaguars stick at 61, Orlando Brown. Yeah. Give me a guy that absolutely dominated at left tackle, that can throw at right tackle or right guard, and just maul teams. I mean, he tested so poorly at the combine. Otherwise, he would be a first-round pick, probably top 10, 15 yeah. pick. But you look at his tape, and he just dominates. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I mean, he knocks guys down with one hand. He's a big physical dude, but he put... I don't know. I just think... He's the most head-scratching dude for me. He doesn't have, like Cam Robinson didn't have the holes in his game that Orlando Brown does in terms of athleticism. But on ter- and tape, Orlando Brown's great, and he has a little bit of uh, issues with obviously athleticism, but also with maybe effort, he and consistency. I've I've heard a lot that he would just. It was clear that his offensive line was doing one thing, and he was doing another, yeah. where he would just try and take a guy on one on one, and just. And a lot of times he would win, right. but it's just like it doesn't. I think always, it's you not get going to him work. under the tutelage of yep. the Jaguars' um, offensive uh, coordinator and obviously offensive line coach, and I think you have a diamond in the rough yeah. at, in the second round that could end up being one of the top players in this draft. One thing he could that, be one of the best players in this draft, and you could get him at 61 probably. One thing that a lot of people, including myself, and even, I mean, almost everyone, including myself, forgets is that football is played on the field and not in underwear, in a, on, you know, in indie. So, I mean, you look at his tape. If he can play like that, he can do everything, anything. I mean, it's yeah. He put up historically awful numbers, but if he comes out and he just plays football the way he's been playing it, no one will talk about it anymore. That that, that storyline will be dead. You're right. And over. And that's one of those things that might not have been as big of a deal mm-hmm. ten, fifteen years ago, but now it is. It's, so you know that is it is what it is. So. Go ahead and finish this up here with the second round wish list. Yeah, um, there's there's a local guy, um, Mike Hughes, corner out of UCF. Yep, I love me some local guys. I mean, any any the Jaguars love them some local guys. Let's be honest, they really do. I mean, I know UCF Jaguar loves the guy. Absolutely. I mean, he's he can really do it all. I mean, I think. As we talked about earlier, nickel corner is a huge need. Um, he's blazing fast. Um, he can play special teams. Um, it's somebody where if they've addressed certain needs, go get the guy. I mean, he's going to help your football team. And there are options later on, but you don't know how the draft is going to fall out. Right, and we don't Hughes could be gone earlier than this. He could go in the first round. But, you know, he could be a trade-up candidate. Yeah. Because he has mad ball skills. Mad yeah. ball skills. He, he, he's a turnover machine. And if, and if they can replicate at all what they did last year, he could definitely be a huge part of that. Right. I mean, you pair him and the nickel or slot with 
Who's replacing a guy who had one interception on a batted ball. Right, <laughs> which Colvin did a lot of things. Yeah. Turning turning the ball over wasn't one of them that he did a lot. Mm. Um, but if you get a guy with that type of... I mean, he has receiver-type ball skills. Yeah. So I think if you get, you can get a guy like that, I think I'd be all for it. And uh, you're taking a strength of your defense, which your whole defense is a strength, really, and just making it that much scarier for opposing teams. I love it. Getting into the third round, I think we're both going to be on the same page here. Uh, we talked about Duke Dawson ad nauseum, it yeah. seems like. It seems like such an obvious pick for the Jaguars at this at this point. If he's sitting there, it's just, he's just a, such a tough guy, a gamer. I mean, I feel like I've, dra- I've picked him in every single mock draft that I've done. Yeah, um, it's an easy pick. Yeah, just that sometimes it's just there's no brainers. The just, problem is it's such an easy pick. I think he might be taken before the Jaguars can take him. Yeah, and if that does happen, I think that means that MJ Stewart from North Carolina might be there, who is my second guy for our third round wish list. And I might like him more than Duke Dawson. Obviously, I'm a Gator fan. If anyone listens to the show, they know that. But. Um, MJ Stewart plays with a little bit more physicality. He's real sticky on receivers. It's a hot term lately. Uh, but he he plays real good coverage. He blitzes. Uh, he hits. Sounds like Nick He Boyd. reminds me a lot more of Aaron Colvin than Duke Dawson does yeah. in terms of their play style. Uh, I just think he'd be a perfect fit for the Jags. Either one of those guys, if they're, if they're able to land either one of those guys in round three. I think they have immediately upgraded over G.J. Hayden. And I think potentially upgraded over Aaron Colvin. Yeah. Maybe not year one, but uh, long term, I think both of those guys have the potential to be better than Aaron Colvin. And that's, that's a bold statement because Aaron Colvin is now being paid to be a starting cornerback for the Houston Texans, a team that has... <laughs> One of the better defenses on paper in the NFL. Yeah, they. I mean, they have Jonathan Joseph, uh, Kareem Jackson. I mean, you talk about yeah, just their defensive backfield. They yeah. got freaking Honey Badger this year. <laughs> yeah, God, for Christ's sakes. Damn. We'll we'll put our defense up against theirs. I mean, I'll take our right. defense all day. Yeah. But, I mean, they got some guys. Now. Yeah, it's it's good. But on the, on the flip side of that coin, a guy like Anthony Miller, if he is sitting there, I know you've gushed about him. You love the dude. I was later I on the train. I love it. Man, I watched him He's play. Antonio Brown. I'm I watched him I'm play against UCF. Fist on the table, Antonio <laughs> Brown. The game, just, if you didn't watch him at all, if you watched him in the game against UCF, I think it was the conference championship game, the dude was just throwing himself out there. Play after play. I think he had like 80 targets or something. He is just... a Tough guy, gamer. We love the dude. Former walk-on. Yeah. It's just... Anthony Miller, you don't have to talk about much of it. You don't have to talk much about him. No. I mean, just go watch the tape. You'll be impressed. Yeah. He's now, himself. Moving on to the fourth round. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. Tight end, Stanford, 
He is your Mercedes Lewis replacement. He is not Austin Severian Jenkins or Niles Paul or um, or uh, what's ben his Coyer. name? Notre Dame Ben Koyak. Excuse, pardon me for not remembering his name. Apologies, Ben. But he's a guy that can absolutely maul people in the run game. He's also shown some real flashes in terms of what he can do as a receiver as of late. He's a guy in the fourth round. Jaguars trying to make sure that run game does not falter at all this season. Why not? Let's go get a dominating run-blocking tight end that can also provide a little bit in the passing game. Dalton Schultz from Stanford is my guy for fourth-round wish list, my top guy. What are you thinking? For me, it's a guy I mentioned uh, on a previous podcast, uh, Holton Hill, another corner. I mean, it's going to be filled with them because I think there's a ton of good corners. If they don't pick him earlier on, I think he's a great guy. He's a, out of Texas. Um, a guy who his effort and decision-making off the field might be coming to question. But on the field, he's a big dude. He's 6'3". He's physical. Um, he plays the ball well. He gets turnovers. I think he's better suited to be an outside guy. But there aren't really a lot of guys on the roster who currently are suited for that. Right. I mean, Myrick filled in and did a pretty good job. Yeah, and there, <clears throat> we forget to mention Myrick a lot yeah. and also Patman. Patman, yeah. These are two guys that could potentially play the nickel role too mm-hmm. if uh, DJ Hayden isn't all that the Jaguars paid him to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously those guys. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple receivers that if they drop, could potentially be fourth round picks because there's a there's just so many quality players at so many positions that I do believe one of these two guys could drop into the fourth round um, and could be potential trade up targets if they do drop into the fourth round for the Jaguars. Michael Gallup and Deion Kane. Kane is a prototypical wide receiver from Clemson. Um, he follows in the footsteps of a lot of great Clemson wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, the list goes on. But Deion Kane's had some issues with drops, but height, size, athleticism, playmaking ability, he's got it all. And he's a guy that I think would provide something to the Jaguars' offense that they don't currently have, which is a prototypical number one type receiver. He obviously needs to get better at a lot of things to become that, but I think if you're talking about a guy that's available at the top of the fourth round trade up, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then Michael Gallup as well. Uh, he's from Colorado State. Uh, not massive in terms of wide receiver. I think he's 6'1", a little over 200 pounds, but he's got a really good ability to uh, make people miss after he catches the ball, which I don't think many Jaguars receivers have right now. I think he plays with some physicality, which, again, not many of the Jaguars receivers have that right now. Both of those guys would be really impressive in a Jaguars uniform. If they were to happen to fall to the fourth round and the Jaguars wanted to trade up, I would really like either of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you heard me earlier. I'm all for bolstering this wide receiver group. Just flood the room with good wide receivers. I'll be happy. Now, if you want to talk about some later round picks, I'm going all in on special teams. Yeah. 
I don't think Michael Dixon will be around that late. I mean, fifth Mm -hmm. round, possibly. (laughs) Texas punter. He's probably the best special teams guy in terms of legs. The weapon. uh, You've got J.K. Scott from Alabama. Uh, Joseph Davidson, he's from Bowling Green. He's six foot seven. He's a remarkable leg. Uh, Him and Johnny Townsend, the next two guys, have both had issues with hang time, which obviously in the NFL you got to have that hang time. You don't want to outkick your coverage. But two punters I would like to keep an eye, or a few punters I would like to keep an eye on, and. I uh, I don't really think the Jaguars are going to address kicker, but <clears throat> Josh Lambeau prior to getting to Jacksonville was about what Jason Myers was. Yeah. Now, once Josh Lambeau did get to Jacksonville, he was absolutely fantastic. God, he had such a good year last year. I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, you could look at a couple kickers. You'll probably see a guy brought in just for competition. So... Eddie Pinheiro from Florida is a guy I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. guy, I've seen him kick a 70-yard field goal. So. Did he leave school early, I believe? What, isn't he a junior? Yeah, so, <laughs> anyways. Do you have any later round guys that you want to look at here? Yeah, I think we might get into that a little bit. Uh, Maybe we should just, just a minute. skip to the mock draft here. <laughs> yeah, I might, give it, I might give it away a little bit. Okay, sounds good to me. So, Scott gets to start off the mock draft. Who's he taking? Man, it's an internal battle. I love Cortland Sutton. I hope he's there. I'm not sure if he will be. But the more I think about it, the more I think offensive line is the place to be. Will Hernandez, he's a home run. He's a grand slam. He bought the ballpark. He bought the team. He's the, he's the man. Right. Get him in here. You might have a perennial all-pro. Yeah, one question mark is that height and the arm length but everything else checks off and he's just so much stronger than everybody else out there so much more athletic i think yeah i think he's i think he's the man he's if he's sitting there at 29 yeah if he's sitting there at the early 20s you better believe he's on their radar as far as moving up yeah absolutely just to ensure that he's the pick yeah i'm with that kind of guy i'm absolutely with you will hernandez is my guy uh, moving into the second round, this is not going to be popular, I don't believe. <laughs> but I think Rashad Penny provides even more stability to your backfield than a Sony Michelle or a Nick Chubb. Obviously, in this, in my mind here, Darius Geis is off the board. Uh, I just think he's a guy that can, I mean, he could change your kick return game. He could absolutely be Leonard Fournette's backup. He ran a 4.46 at 220 pounds, 5'11. I mean, this is a guy that uh, replaced Donnell Pumphrey at San Diego State, and he's just been a stud, first team All American, fifth in Heisman voting. He's got all the uh, measurables that you want to look for, and he's got all the production you want to look for. You want to spell Leonard Fournette. You don't want to spend a first-round pick spelling Leonard Fournette. Rashad Penny, second (laughs) round. Put him on the board. Uh, Your run game is now fortified. You are not going to falter down the stretch. You have Will Hernandez and Rashad Penny. You are good to go. Um, I'm going to be Brad Meester. I think Brad Meester's been saying the the, the third-round pick. Yeah, he is making a pick. I don't know which round it is, but I think it's the third. I hope he brings out 
the camo suit again. That was Absolutely. fantastic. But third round, 93rd pick. Jacksonville Jaguars select Duke Dawson. Duke Dawson. And Jaguars love drafting them some local players. Yep. We've talked about it before. Duke Dawson immediately makes your nickel cornerback position better. Uh, he could potentially play outside corner too. I mean, don't many people don't talk about that, but it's too easy. It's yeah, too easy. It's an easy Let's pick. Ninety three, Duke Dawson. Put him on the board. We talked about Dalton Schultz a little bit. I'm gonna take him to fortify the running game even more. Yep. Like we said, the Jaguars do not have a dominant inline blocker at the tight end position. Put Dalton Schultz out there. You have your blocker. He's good to go. And your running game is now just stacked. You dare teams to stop you. Teams knew what you were doing last year and couldn't stop you most of the time running the ball. Now you faltered a little bit down the stretch with some offensive line injuries, Leonard Fournette injuries. You're not faltering down the stretch this year. Will Hernandez, Rashad, Penny, Dalton, Schultz. You are not faltering down the stretch. Shove it down their throat and let's get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Absolutely. Round six. We're moving on. I told you it was going to happen. No one believed me. Puna Ford, defensive tackle, Texas. I love Texas boys. They breed them different over there. He's He should have been invited to the combine. He wasn't. He was snubbed. Um, he's a smaller guy. About 5'11". Definitely 5'11". A little over 300 pounds. Can get but to 5'11", the stinky quarterback. Pounds, like, he's stocky. Yeah. You know, it's he's, not like 300 pounds is light for a guy that's 5'11". And, with, a guy, and with, with players like Malik Jackson, Holton Hill, Deshaun Elliott, at times, he was the best player. Malik Jefferson. On, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm thinking of Malik I'm sorry, Malik Jefferson and Malik Jackson. <laughs> yes, Malik Jefferson, Holden Hill, Deshaun Elliott. He was the best player on the field at times. I mean, that's an impressive group. He He's a terror. He's going to be a guy. who's He's not a run stopper. He gets to the quarterback. He'll probably th- play the three technique where Malik Jackson is. But you need to address the interior line. At least be prepared for the eventuality if... You have to let somebody go, right. or or lose somebody, or anything. Right. So he's he's the guy that I picked to do it. He's relatively cheap, and I think at a six round value, what you'll get back for him will pay off dividends. I'm with you, and I mean, some people think he's a little bit later in the draft or yeah. maybe undrafted, but you get a guy like that, and he's underrated because of his size. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a talented player. I think you can get a guy like that and really. Hold your head high with that. Absolutely. Especially after the haul that you've pulled in before that. You know? yeah. uh, all right. Moving on to number 230. <clears throat> seventh round. Johnny Towns in Florida. Go get yourself a punter that uh, needs a little bit of work. I mean, he's not perfect, but uh, he can improve on his hang time, certainly. But in terms of his average yards per punt, uh, he's fantastic. Gator fans know all about him. He's a local guy. You don't necessarily need this guy to win the job. Because you're drafting a guy in the seventh round with the Jaguars this year. Probably not going to make the team. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. But Townsend has a chance to push Brad Norman to 
either be a better player or overtake him. Yeah, a punter at this point has a better chance of making the team than almost any other position on the roster. Right. Exactly. And so Towson doesn't necessarily have to represent this pick, but a punter is exactly. this pick for me. It's 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 a value pick where instead of taking the chance of convincing this guy to come sign with you in free agency, you're picking him and saying he's got to come here and compete. If we picked somebody else, it might be a practice squad guy. Right. Why not get somebody who could potentially be a starter at a special teams position? I completely I completely agree. Brad Norman, the price tag on him is relatively high. He struggled. Make the move. Yeah. He, he didn't always struggle. He had some fantastic he, yeah, games. He last, inconsistent though. Yeah. The year before last, he was the MVP. I mean he he killed it. Right. But yeah, moving on. Um very last pick, two forty seven. You got a Gator. I'm gonna do go the other side. Florida State, Jacob Pugh, big guy, linebacker, 6'4", 245, physical, um, gonna slide into the Sam. We really kind of have athletic. a hole there. Of course, yeah, it's like you like that. The dude can move. A lot of Florida State dudes can. I mean, you got you got the guys like Matthew Thomas and 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 Josh Sweat. Who well, Josh Sweat was more of a defensive end, but. I mean, Kelvin Smith. Yeah. I mean, look, the Florida State linebackers that get drafted late, they're just consistently underrated. Florida State players on the defense side of the ball in general. Hmm. Josh Sweat, a lot of people have talked about him in the second or third round. That is a guy that has remarkable (laughs) athletic traits. That should be a first-round pick in my opinion. So, anyways, Florida State players on defense side of the ball, for some reason, just consistently get underrated. Pugh's a guy that made plays. Yeah. He's a seventh round pick to, to us. A I mean, linebacker. Thomas could be yeah. the same thing too. Yeah, Thomas would be more of the will, but we, we both agreed the Sam linebacker is the strong side linebacker, is much more of a, a, a hole. Um, he's a guy who can come in and compete. He might not make the team, but he's a seventh round pick. He's our last pick. You're I think, getting a guy that's that athletic in the seventh round? This guy has as good a chance as anyone else left that we could have picked. To make the team, yeah. if if not better, I agree. so I mean it's a it's a position need, it's uh, it's a position of potential value. We're not gonna sit here and talk for twenty minutes about a seventh pick, yeah. But Jacob Hugh, yeah, let's give it a shot. It's a beautiful draft right listen. now. You've addressed you've addressed every position of need. Yeah, you've addressed some positions a lot of people don't think are needs, but mm-hmm. you've just bolstered the running yep. game massively. I think it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> that would be that would be a fantastic draft. Now a lot of these guys, it. like we said, they might not be there, they might be there, who knows? But if the Jaguars are able to address some of these positions with players like we've slotted them here, they're gonna be in real good position to compete for that AFC champion excuse me, AFC championship and potentially the Super Bowl. Bring it on. I mean... Even without any of these additions, they have a chance to do that, which is the crazy thing. They were nine minutes away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. With with making these moves makes them better. They lost their arguably best offensive player, who they didn't didn't even use at all. They didn't use him in 2017 because he was injured. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. If you're a Jaguar fan, it is a good goddamn time. (laughs) It's about time. It is about time. No doubt about it. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned a lot. Talked about a lot of different players. Um, hopefully 
you guys enjoy our mock draft. If you didn't, please let us know. Follow us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, iTunes podcast, please leave us a review if you can. If not, no big deal. But that's going to do it for the episode today. This has been the Gin Jag Draft Day Eve 2018 special. We really enjoyed it. We hope you did too. Thanks to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Follow them online at boldcitybrewery.com. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Make sure to go see them on East Bay Street and in their location down or in Riverside on Roselle. And uh, make sure to go check out our website, ginjag.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow Scott Klein at ScottKlein1. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Go give Hunter Evans some crap for being a Bama fan and for not being here today at Coach H underscore Evans. And we will look forward to talking to you very soon. That's going to do it for the Jag podcast. Have a great week and uh, happy draft day eve. Thanks, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.